If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yes. yes. Super excited. <laughs> we are all pumped to have James Renner here today. We have author James Renner on. I am going to take a deep dive into the suspects that James Renner has zeroed in on. James Renner once again drops a bombshell. Investigative journalist reporter... James Renner, who's been on the podcast, longtime friend of mine. By a local writer, James Renner. L'auteur et blogueur James Renner. Bien connu. All right, now, please, James Renner. Congratulations, true crime addicts. We've survived another week. It is Friday, October 14th, 2022. And there's so much going on this week. I'm glad you tuned in. So many true crime stories. And normally what I do is I read them all from around the world. You're welcome. It's me, James Renner, for you. Um, but this week, you know, and I whittled them down into like the top three stories. I could not do that this week. There's too much going on in true crime. Lots of trials started this week. So at the, at the top, we're going to like rapid fire through five cases. Um, and you're, you're going to want to stay around after the break for cold case updates like Leah Croucher. Tons of stuff going on. So anyways, this rapid fire round, here we go. Up first, a civil suit is underway in New York City between actor Anthony Rapp and Kevin Spacey. Everybody knows Kevin Spacey. He's been in trouble for a couple years since he was canceled off the um, set of House of Cards. And so here's Anthony Rapp, and if I guarantee you know him in some way. Originally, he was a child actor, and he was in that movie Adventures in Babysitting. Remember that one with Elizabeth Shue? It's a fantastic 80s movie. Who didn't fall in love with her? I know I did, especially that opening sequence. Directed by Christopher Columbus, not the one that discovered America, but uh, the director. Anyways, great movie. Um, and then he went on to Broadway, was in Rent. Now he's on Star Trek Discovery. He's alleging that Kevin Spacey in 1986, when Rap was 14, Kevin Spacey was 26, and there was this party, and he says, Kevin Spacey... Uh, groped him in the bedroom. Uh, Anthony Rapp wants $40 million for uh, emotional, uh, psychological damage. This is civil court. Uh, Kevin Spacey 
and that that started this week. And uh, Kevin Spacey's lawyer has been grilling Anthony Rapp, uh, and pretty brutally on the stand. And there's been a back and forth with that. But forty million dollars—that's a lot of money. Uh, Kevin Spacey, meanwhile, is facing charges of sexually assaulting three other men in London, with a trial likely next year. Jumping to the next trial uh, of a Hollywood actor. This involves that 70s show actor, Danny Masterson, who went on trial this week, too. Now, he's facing three charges of rape and looking at a possible prison sentence of 45 years to life. Uh, There's three women who alleged that he sexually assaulted them. Uh, They wrapped this up into this, this trial. There's a, there's a little twist to this case. Danny Masterson, they're saying, is not the only thing on trial, but also the Church of Scientology, because Masterson and each of his victims were all in the Church of Scientology. And if you've looked into that, um, it's, it's pretty nutty. Uh, I did a, a, an expose of Scientology when I was a reporter at Cleveland Scene uh, back in the day and went through their auditing process and just generally got creeped out by the whole thing. But uh, there's going to be some details about Scientology probably coming up in this trial. You're going to want to watch that. His accusers, they're saying, were afraid to go to police originally because of fear of retaliation from the church. They'll label them as what's called suppressives or... um, suppressive entities or something like that. And once they identify you as being against the church, they ruin your life. One of these victims was told to use LRH's technology to solve her problems. This is according to an article in Variety, which is linked at the end of the podcast. LRH, of course, being L. Ron Hubbard, the founder of Scientology and the writer of probably the worst sci-fi saga of all time, Battlefield Earth. I'll fight you on that. Uh, also on trial this week, Alex Jones. This trial wrapped up. It was another civil trial. A judge on Wednesday ordered Alex Jones of InfoWars to pay nearly $1 billion to the family of the child victims in the Sandy Hook massacre after he claimed on his show that the whole thing was a hoax. Uh, remember Sandy Hook? I know there's been a lot of mass shootings in schools. This was one of the first big ones. Adam Lanza killed 20 kids in Sandy Hook, uh, ages 6 and 7. He also killed six adults. Um, his, his victims, uh, this is going back to Alex Jones now, uh, the, the families that are suing him are not likely to see much of that money. He doesn't have a billion dollars. It's basically um, figurative. You know, it's going to bankrupt him and probably end Infowars. So... Um, now my only, I'm fine with, with going after Alex Jones, more power to you, but I'd like to see the, the the gun companies pay more than this crazy guy on the internet. Uh, they only got $73 million. This is the families of, of the victims, uh, from Remington, which manufactured the gun used to kill the children. They only got $73 million from them earlier this year. Speaking of school shootings, a jury just yesterday on Thursday decided the fate of Nicholas Cruz, who killed 17 people at a high school in Parkland in 2018. 
He could have been put to death, but the jury spared his life, sentencing him to prison for the remainder of his days. Some people would find that um, worse justice, but the jury could have sent him to his death. Now, that likely would have involved like another 30 years of appeals, but eventually it would have happened. Some of them are upset. Now, the jury looked at mitigating circumstances to consider whether or not they should put him to death. And one of the things that helped was uh, the, the history that this kid had before he killed all those, all those people, kids and, and adults. Um, of course, you'd think he wouldn't come from a good past. Well, his mother drank well. Um, she was pregnant. There might have been some psychological dam damage there. He definitely, they say, was, um, you know, had some psychi psychiatric disorders and uh, was also raped as a child, his um, lawyer said. So, you know, it's, it's pretty simple when you consider, you know, just if I was in the jury, the thing that I would be thinking all the time here is sane people, sane people don't commit mass, mass murder. The, the, just the fact that they're doing that. I think is a mitigating circumstance, but, uh, you know, there you have it. Uh, let's go to, okay. Now some, some weirder stories. These are the bigger stories. Think of them as part two and three. I want to tell you, um, about this bizarre story written by Sheila Flynn and this week's, uh, um, on a story this week from the independent Sheila Flynn is a very good crime reporter for the independent and other places. What is it about big cats? This is my question to you. What is it about big cats that make people crazy? Um, you have to read the story, which I've linked at the end. Uh, it has details and tells the story of one Trisha Denise Meyer, who is right now a fugitive, but expected to be arrested by next week. That's my prediction. She is still on the run in the United States after getting caught trafficking exotic animals. Think Tiger King, but like, a millennial, and you've pretty much got it. So, Trisha is a 40-year-old single mother. She tried to make it as a social media influencer with multiple Insta ac accounts, and she was uh, also on OnlyFans. She often uh, posted pictures of her semi-nude holding up an exotic cat. She also, I don't know if it's Botox or surgery or what, but she's got that whole, like, big lip you know, kind of, kind of look, uh, that definitely requires some surgery or, or some sort of thing going on. Anyways, check out the pictures online. Um, she'd move around the States. This was her deal. She'd move around, I think, Texas and Arizona, a couple other States, and she would find somewhere cheap to live, or she'd end up squatting somewhere and, you know, promising to pay rent, but she wouldn't. And then the landlord would check in and suddenly there's a hundred, a hundred dogs in her living room. And then she realized she'd make more money if she sold exotic cats instead of dogs. So leopards and, and cheetahs and things like that. And, uh, so she finally got caught after selling a Jaguar, not the car, but the animal. She sold a Jaguar to a guy in California for $30,000. Uh, unfortunately, he couldn't care for the Jaguar because you can't. 
and it ended up in a shelter, and the police started to investigate, traced it back to Trisha. They charged her last week with interstate transport of endangered species, and they went to arrest her, and nobody can find her. She's disappeared. I'm assuming along with her kid, although the newspaper reports don't say. So be on the lookout, the cops say, for a 41-year-old woman with blonde hair and 100 dogs. So she should be easy to find, I would think. Last top crime story this week out of Australia. This has to do with their spy agency, the Australian Security Intelligence Organization, or NAMBLA for short. Strange and sad case, this is. Uh, and, and there's calls for a suspected terrorist to get out of detention this week, according to this article in The Guardian. This involves 51-year-old Syed Abdalatif, held in detention for 10 years. He's been sitting in detention in Australia for 10 years, originally suspected to be a terrorist. In 2012, he came over to Australia by boat seeking asylum. He was running away from Egyptian officials, and Australian uh, authorities then contacted Egyptian authorities and said, hey, what is this guy? And they're like, oh, don't, you know, give him back. He's a, he's a terrorist, and we're going to, like, put him to death. And they're like, okay, let's see some evidence. And so they sent him all this evidence, uh, but turns out it was all testimony that came from uh, another man that they caught and then tortured. This, this guy was just making stuff up because he was, that's what you do when you're being tortured. Just you'll say anything to your captor. So he pointed the finger at this guy under torture. Of course, they can't use any of that. They want to throw it all out, but they don't know what to do with this guy. So no trial, nothing has been happening for 10 years, and this guy's just been chilling in prison in Australia. And there's like a rallying cry down there to, to let him out, at least on some sides. Um, so that's the case. And uh, his, uh, the, what, what's going on this week is, is his lawyers are arguing. There's an appeal to let him out, finally get out after, after not being charged and not tried for 10 years. So that's the top news stories of this week. Uh, I've got lots more. There's an update in the Leah Croucher case you're going to want to hear and some fantastic genetic genealogy news. Um, weird story out of Ohio, my, my backyard here. Not literally my backyard. There's nothing there but a bird feeder. Uh, um, so I will be back in two and two with more true crime this week. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And we're back with One Day at a Time starring Valerie Burton Ernie. Uh, all right, here we go. Cold case updates. Right off the bat, Leah Croucher. Have you heard about this case out of the UK? You probably have if you've been listening to a lot of true crime podcasts. Uh, big case over there. Police on Wednesday announced that they had discovered human remains and items belonging to the missing teenager, Leah Crouch, in a home not far from where she disappeared in 2019. This is according to MK Citizen. This is not a very popular case here in the United States, but like I said, very big in the UK. Um, this dates back to February 15th, the day after Valentine's Day, 2019, when 19-year-old Leah Croucher left her home at 8 a.m. She was walking to work. It's about two miles away. She worked for a credit um, collection company. This took place in Buckinghamshire, England. That's outside of London. London's a little to the southeast. Now, her phone stopped working at about 8.34 a.m. that morning. She leaves home at 8 Phone stops working 8.34. Not seen since. And since then, the police have poured tons of hours into this case. They knocked on 4,000 doors, scoured lakes. Now, just this week, they got a tip. At the beginning of this week, they get a tip. And that led them to a home not far from where she lived that was under renovation. And what I think happened is whoever was renovating that found the remains and the items belonging to this girl and immediately called the police. That's We don't know that for sure yet. It's a little speculation. Police said, though, that they found human remains. They have not definitively ID'd them as Leah Croucher, although they found her things, too. The former, the former resident of this building was a convicted pedophile. Now, another sad part of this story is Leah's brother, Hayden, got in some trouble a couple months after she disappeared when he threatened her ex-boyfriend possibly related to this case. I know somebody near me went missing. I'd be I'd be going anywhere for information and certainly would be looking at the ex-boyfriend. Uh, he got in some trouble over that. There was a restraining order. And then a couple months later, he died by suicide. 
So hopefully there'll be justice in that case soon. Next case, a uh, cold case I want to tell you about that was adjudicated this week in 1978. That's the year I was born. I am 44 years old. I'm just as old as this case. 19-year-old Linda Shari was stabbed to death in her home in Buffalo, New York. And this week, a jury convicted John Sobran of her murder. This is according to buffalonews.com. Sobran would have been 19 years old at the time, by the way. He now faces 25 years to life in prison. Police found blood samples in her home, in Shari's home, that linked to Sobran. Uh, his DNA, this was not, not quite genetic genealogy, his DNA was already in a, in a database. It seems like he got in some trouble and they took his DNA at some point, had him in a police database, and eventually it hit in 2019. Now, what's interesting about this case is Sobran's lawyers brought up, they tried to argue against this, this um, DNA link in, in interesting ways. They pointed to pictures from the crime scene that showed the police using fingerprint brushes, and they sent a police radio down near, I think, some of the blood samples. And their argument, I believe, was that they had been at another crime scene that Sobran may have been at. And then that DNA transferred from there and then into Shari's room. And that's, what, that's why his DNA showed up at, at that crime scene. So kind of a convoluted story. But one of these days, a jury's going to buy that, and it'll be the first loss uh, in these DNA cases. And that could, that could be a big deal. Genetic genealogy news. You know how I love those uh, pieces of, of knowledge. Genetic genealogy is, you know, as we look at this, it's, it's giving us the endings of all these stories that were, that were mysteries before, all these unresolved stories. And we're finally, we're finally getting the, the final acts, the denouement, if you will. And that's what genetic gene genealogy does. It's pretty cool. Because who are we after all? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, getting a little woo-woo here, but who, what are we in the end? We're our name and our legacy. And there are all these John and Jane Doe's out there that don't have a name. They don't have, the, they don't have their story wrapped up in a bow. So... This involves a 1994 case where the remains of an unknown woman were found under a bridge in Hancock County, Indiana. The police could not ID her. They figured she was between ages 30 and 50. She had short brown hair, was about 5 foot 4 inches tall. Now, there's hundreds of cases like this uh, and very little time to address them. And 28 years went by in a flash. Last week, police retested the remains, or I'm sorry, last year, they retested the remains and were able to extract some DNA. That went to our friends over at Othram Labs, who came back with a possible match through genetic genealogy. It's believed this woman was Doreen Teedman, who's a 34-year-old woman who went missing in 1994. She was from Cleveland, too. And unfortunately, she was not reported missing until 1996. She had a history of hitchhiking and, I think, going out on these, these adventures. They've since confirmed the DNA with, with family, and police suspect foul play. In 19, another case from 1994, <clears throat> another cold case, or I'm sorry, 
no, 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 this is much older because what they did, they're like, you solved one from 1994. Uh, how about a case from 1974? And Othram's like, all right, hold my beer. So according to Shaw Local News Network, three hunters found a man's body in a rural creek in Will County, Illinois, on November 9th, 1974. Nobody knew who this guy was for nearly 50 years. Othram used family tree DNA and traced the genealogy to a nephew in Illinois. They called him up. They said, yeah, I got an uncle. He disappeared back then. His name was Donald Rosick. Cause of death undetermined. But how cool is that? These, I can't even keep up with all these cases. I, I think. I hope, I hope you're as excited as I am. I've got some weird news for you. I like, I like a little weird crime once a week. And, and this one... You know, who are the victims? This is this is a good case to talk about. Uh, all right, first of all, you got to know we love fishing here in Ohio. And the catch supreme, the one that everybody's after, are the walleyes in Lake Erie. Those th thems are good eatings, as my grandpa would say. And I don't know if you saw this breaking on the news a week or two ago, but there's a there was a big cheating scandal at this year's Lake, I, Lake Erie Walleye Trail Tournament uh, up, up on Lake Erie. There's a cheating scandal, and you can see the video online where this judge noticed that one team's batch of walleyes seemed to weigh a lot more than walleye should weigh. And on a, on a hunch, opened up one of the fish and all these weights came out. They were weighting down the fishes. They were stuffing weights down their throat. And, and into their skin, and they got caught. Uh, so there were these two guys behind it, Jacob Runyon and Chase Kaminsky, and they've now been charged with several felonies uh, because they, if, if they had not been caught, they would have claimed uh, the top prize, which was $28,760, which makes it attempted grand theft. And they face a year in prison for each felony, so uh, tough going there. I, you know, I, you know, why? Why would you, you know? I mean, obviously, it's $28,000, but there, there are better ways to, I don't know if there are easier ways. I'm not saying I'm going to do this, but um, I don't know, something to think about. Um, so <laughs> I don't worry. I'm, I'm not going to, I can't do, I can't put the worm on the hook. Pop culture news. There's a new series, another new crime series by Ryan Murphy. This is the guy behind the the Dahmer series that everybody's going. And Dahmer, by the way, I, I thought everybody was going to be tired of this stuff. But Dahmer is the second most popular series in Netflix history now. So all you people like putting your, your you know, noses up at, at Dahmer, I know you're watching it. I'm not going to watch it. You're watching it. I'm not going to do it. Uh, he's, Ryan Murphy's got another new series on Netflix. Starts streaming today called The Watcher. And this is super creepy. It's based on the true story of the uh, Brodus family who bought a $1.35 million house in Westfield, New Jersey in 2014. This is according to an article that appeared in The Cut, which I've linked. And... They move, so this family moves into this beautiful house, Westfield, New Jersey, and 
Shortly thereafter, they received the first of several threatening letters in the mail. Here's how the first one reads, quote, now imagine you get this letter in the mail. Quote, how did you end up here? Did, I'm not going to read the address, Boulevard call to you with its force within? The home has been the subject of my family for decades now, and it approaches its 110th birthday. I've been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s. My father watched in the 1960s, and it's now my time. Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies within the walls? Why are you here? I will find out. Yikes. Get some cameras. Get some ADT down there. These letters continued, and sometimes it would mention personal details like the kids' nicknames. So they, they've always suspected it was, it was a neighbor that didn't like them moving in. So I'll probably watch that one. Ryan Murphy, you got me. I'm not going to watch Dahmer, though. not going to do it. I've heard people have told me it's very good. I'm not going to do it. I'll probably do it. Uh, finally, you, usually at this point in the episode, we check the charts on Chartable. I think I'm going to stop doing that for a couple reasons. It's not very important. And it all, uh, all I end up doing is showcasing the other like top shows in the, in the small, limited true crime industry that it was. So I'm, I'm just going to throw something out at you that I really like every week. It could be a book. It could be a movie. It could be a podcast, but these are my recommendations. And some of you have noticed that um, I, uh, I keep true crime books on the bookshelves, and I switch. I usually switch this one out every week, and I'll continue to do so. But uh, that'll be my pick of the week, you know. And this week uh, is one of my favorite true crime books from the last couple years. It's called Couple Found Slain. Now, it's it's a different kind of true crime book. In, in a good way. It's written by uh, Makita Brotman, who, if you don't know her stuff, seek her out. She's one of the best voices and voices in true crime these days. This book details the Brian Bechtold um, uh, double homicide case. Brian Bechtold walked into a police station in February 1992 and confessed to murdering his parents in Silver Spring, Maryland, said he was possessed by the devil. That is not quite what the book is about. The book is about what happens to Brian in the years after the murder, after he confesses. And the story is very compelling. It's what happens when you're found um, insane and you go to prison for a horrible crime like that and then you get sane in the institution you come out of the, that schizophrenia, you get the treatment you need, and suddenly you, you have that remorse for what you did. What happens then? What happens when you, create, uh, when you do horrible things, when you're technically insane, and then you get sane? That's what the book's about. It's fabulous. So check it out. That's my recommendation for this week, and we've done it. We've survived another week. That's always reason to celebrate. In, in the words of the incomparable Murray Saul, godfather of Cleveland radio, it's time we got to, 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 whew, get down, damn it. True Crime This Week is a fearful symmetry production. Photo and artwork are licensed through Shutterstock. If you like the cut of my jib, I have another podcast you might enjoy called The Philosophy of Crime. 
in which I attempt to solve the big questions behind our true crime obsession by looking to philosophy for answers. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week. Sit, Brownie, sit. Good dog.